Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. Matthew McConaughey might just have a celebrity brother, or a stepbrother, I guess. What? His celebrity stepbrother could be Woody Harrelson. McConaughey and Harrelson? Mm-hmm. Yep. Actually related? I mean, uh, they're they're very similar in some senses, right? Yeah, they've got that same kind of... Uh, they're both Texans. The cut of their jib is the same. They're uh, they're both into weed. Yeah. And they're just very chill. Yeah. And they were in uh, True Detective together, right? Well, I guess they're not much of detectives if no. they didn't come up with this <laughs> until now. <laughs> um, Matthew says, we were all just sitting around in Greece. As one does. Yes. Uh, it happens so often for me, I can hardly yep. remember. Uh, I can't remember one night to the next when I'm not in Greece. Anyhow, we're all sitting around in Greece one night talking, and my mom, out of nowhere, in a little pause, goes, Oh, I knew your dad, Woody. So I guess Woody Harrelson, Matthew McConaughey, Matthew McConaughey's mom, and whoever else, their families were all in Greece together. And she, uh, then, she then goes on to say, just saying, we might have frequented the same similar places out in West Texas. And it turns out that uh, Matthew McConaughey's mom, her name is Kay, she was separated from Matthew's dad right around the time she, in quotes, knew Woody's father. Again, how does this not come up any earlier than this? I don't know. Like when they were filming together in True Detective. Was well, Matt have... not talking to his mom saying, hey, I'm doing a thing with Woody Harrelson? And at that point, she goes, hmm, I might have known his dad. Uh, I guess the feta in the olives got her talking. Uh, could be. Yeah, I don't know. Or that, the uzo. That, that, that Mediterranean <laughs> diet. Um, anyhow, uh, Matthew says, I guess we got to go do some DNA tests now and see if that's the case. Right. We're stepbrothers. <laughs> They can redo that movie. Yeah. Their DNA is a lot cloudier, though. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I'm watching, uh, as I said, I'm watching Cheers while I get dinner ready. And Woody Harrelson, that was his first big break. And it's so funny to see him in that. He looks so young, and he's got the full head of mullet hair. Oh, yeah. And the success he went on to, like, just unbelievable. Became a massive Hollywood star. The natural-born killers and... All the other stuff he's done. I mean, just... Uh, White just men a, can't jump? Yeah. Yeah. Like, just that stretch from being that dopey Midwestern character mm-hmm. to being cast, because that in itself is a leap, because so many actors get uh, a typecast in a role. He, you know, you think he would have always been seen as the dub mid, Midwestern guy. Well, I think. Well, I mean, White Man Can't Jump, he kind of played that that guy, too. But in Natural Born Killers. Not at all in that, yeah. You know, and he's he's just off the top of my head now. I can't think of all the other things he's done, but he's done. I just watched, um, he was in that Champions movie where he has yes. to coach of the basketball team. He was good in that, too. Right. He's a terrific actor. And, of course, his dad's backstory, he was in prison, and it's believed he was a shooter. Of JFK, I know it's always been those who don't believe in the Lee Harvey Oswald um, yeah, thing. They believe in the conspiracy. Yeah, but he ended up in prison for killing a judge or something. Oh. His, his, his actual dad. So maybe that's why Kay got busy with <laughs> Matthews or Woody's uh, somebody. I don't know. It's all confusing, but quite a backstory. Can make a movie out of that alone. Um, and Bobby De Niro, you know, probably... I said earlier, top five. He's probably top three when you think of, like, overtime, all best actors. 
Right. But he's really, in the last few decades, you know, slipped. And he's been in a lot of bad comedies and some good comedies. I mean, the Meet the Fockers and all that was fine. Um, a long way from Casino and Goodfellas. Sure. And Taxi Driver. Right. But he's right back into Taxi Driver because he's going to dress up as Travis Bickle once again for an Uber commercial. <laughs> for an Uber commercial. Well, he's got mouths to feed. Yeah. <laughs> you can make babies into your 70s. You gotta, you got to pay them off. And an ex-wife he has to give a million dollars a year to. Okay. So Uber's paying that bill. Why are we uh, so disappointed in Pearson? In the airport. I mean, I outside of flight delays, and that aggravates everybody. Right. But what makes it the second worst airport on the continent? Uh, well, I, I guess a lot of it has to do with flight delays. Okay, but that's not the structure. Uh, Baggage losses. Okay. Parking, uh, perhaps. Parking. Well, and you know, like some uh, airports have really adopted uh, systems to really move you uh, quickly mm. in and out of there. And, and having traveled a little bit more in the last couple of years, I, I've noticed, like, for instance, the, the pickup is one. Pickup mm. and drop off. Okay. Um, and pickup at Pearson is a nightmare. It's very difficult. Yes. Uh, they have this, uh, cell phone lot, a place you can go and, and, and wait with, uh, for a call from someone who's landed before mm. you go and meet them. It, it, it's got about like you know twenty five lanes wide, but if you're stuck be in the middle of it all, you can't get out of it. it it's it's really a tough design in the way that it's just got lanes and you've got to sit there and wait. If you go to the terminal itself and try and do the slow drive, mm-hmm. or people are parked up along the side of the road and they got whistling at you, trying to move you all the time. I can't remember where it was. I think it was a St. Louis where you go and they have, uh, instead of two lanes in the, uh, at the terminal, they've got like five. One is for buses and shuttles. Mm. You know, two is for taxis and airport lim- limos. Three is for Uber and ride sharing programs. And four is for general public pickup. And you use those lanes. Okay. And it just seemed re- very organized. Well, it's good that it was working because I, I think a lot of the time it's just a, a people problem. Because I've seen that park and wait and get the cell phone. Right. The times I've gone by it picking people up at the airport, there's nobody in it. Because we all cram into that area because we're the most important. Yes. We've got to go get my aunt. She's right. landing from, you know, Dallas. And and so if we could, we would drive right into the flipping terminal. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, you're right. It's an inexperience mm-hmm. or because, you know, generally we don't go to the airport that often. Right. Uh, and and, uh, and it's interesting whether or not these surveys, this is J.D. Power in the States who did this survey. So whether or not the survey is done um, and, and and skewed towards how much, how often you travel. Mm-hmm. Right, because you know, one, we are very quick to pounce mm-hmm. on the one-star review of things that you visited once in your life and had a, a a minorly poor experience. Right, if you go to the airport twice every five years, yeah, yeah. if you go twice every five years and you were slowed down by ten minutes once, yeah. you probably shouldn't be giving it a one star. But in the stress of going to the airport, mm-hmm. you feel that it's a one-star experience for you. The other problem with the airport, and I, I know this from working at uh, Park and Fly uh, many years ago, 
is there is a lot of families who all feel the need to all go to the airport to say goodbye to somebody. Right. Say goodbye at the house. Yes. Why do 25 people have to stand and cry and hug at the airport? It's right. beyond me. Cry and hug at home. Yeah. One person goes to the airport. It's funny. Like, I still see people who are, uh, like, groups waiting to meet someone. Yeah. You know, like that, you know, you come through those doors. It's yeah. like that romantic scenario that someone's waiting with flowers for you <laughs> <laughs> or a teddy bear or something like that. Yeah. For 99% of the people, it's just, uh, yeah, I'm out front. Yeah. You know, coming run. I can't even stop. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> keep moving. You know, and, I mean, and, and that is part of the problem too, because you, you really can't stop. And that's, one, there's not enough room or space. It was They didn't anticipate when they were building that they would have so many people. I don't know why. You're building a bloody major airport, the biggest one in the country. Why you didn't anticipate you might need more than two lanes yeah. to get cars in and out of it. Well, but the airport was built a long time ago, and now the infrastructure around it is such that you probably can't do right. much. Yeah, it is funny when you travel a lot, and you're obviously dealing with this a little more year after year with the hockey. But... um I remember even like going back and forth. Uh, you know, at first it was a big deal. Like Maria would help me load the car. And, yeah. You know, there would be hugs and tears from everybody. You know, for no, Daddy's going away. We won't see him for a while. Then I don't know. Within a month or so, I, like the door was closed behind me before I got out. Right. You know, she. If you were flying, maybe at one point, like Adrian might have met you at the airport, or t- now she's just calling a cab and like get out. Yeah. No. <laughs> not even that. Just checking the app. Is he on his way or not? Um. Yeah. And if you do it enough, you've got a system, right? Yeah. Whatever your system is, if you use a parking company, or if you use the up uh, train to get in, yeah. or. You park at their thing and take the shuttle across. I've done them all. And, and, you know, for the most part, they just get you through. It's, if you know where you're going, you're fine. It's the other people getting in your way. Well, that's true. They get annoying. And you're on your own too. It's also much yes. easier to, to scurry around as one person than it is towing kids and family and everybody else. It's also funny that you mentioned about people uh, waiting uh, to pick people up. The the range of emotion from departures and arrival. <laughs> like you go to departures and people are bawling and hugging and right. kissing, and you you see people at arrivals and they're holding flowers, they're anticipating, and there's a whole big, you know, oh my god, you're back uh, scenario. It is uh, it is probably the greatest place in the world to just people watch. Oh man, and, and uh, we are so put off by any little inconvenience, mm. right? That you know, I, I find it very interesting. One of the best places to watch people is at the security checkpoint, right? right? Because you will see people who. It's like they didn't know they were flying that day. <laughs> I don't know if someone dropped them off by accident at the airport. <laughs> or Surprise, they, you're going to Jamaica. Or they just discovered that air travel was a thing. <laughs> because you get there, like, I have got it ready to go. Yeah. Laptops out, 
CPAP out on display. Pants Shoes are off. off. I'm wearing, <laughs> but I'm not wearing a belt to right. the airport because this is just how you go when yeah. you know things are, are, are the way that they are. Slide on, slide off shoes. Yeah. And then you run into people who it's, it's like their first time out of the house. Yeah. <laughs> they, <laughs> they don't have their ticket. They don't have their passport. They got a, like a garbage bag. They just flop on top of the tray. They can't find the bin. They, they don't know if they, where do you put your hands? They get their watch on and all this kind of crap. Were you behind me at the airport? <laughs> I think I was. <laughs> what would you dive into a porta potty to retrieve? What would be so important to you? Would would your wedding ring falling into a porta potty, or maybe your cell phone, a, <sighs> a child? Maybe a child I'd be uh, willing to dump into a porta potty for. No, I don't know if I just leave. Them. <laughs> I mean, that's dumb enough to fall a, in. The Darwin at play. <laughs> um, yeah, I, those three would probably come to mind first as things you'd go in after. I think the wedding ring. I don't know if Adrian would want to see me again. Yeah. After diving into a porta potty <laughs> to retrieve a ring, the kid. I mean, if you went back to the picnic table and said, "Adrian, I've lost the boy in the porta potty." She might be willing to go dive in. Yeah, yeah, he jumped, you know, he fell through. Um, you better go get him. <laughs> you know, to be honest, my wedding ring, I wouldn't. Hers, like her engagement ring, mm. I would probably be more inclined. Still paying that to off. Go get that back, exactly. <laughs> Five more payments and that bad boy is ours. a loan shark after me if I don't do this. <laughs> Pay that off and then start the divorce proceedings. Yeah, I, uh, I can't, I couldn't imagine. There is no grosser place in the world than a porta potty. I don't think. I don't like dropping my guts in a porta potty, let alone imagine dropping anything else. To those who work construction, especially like on on like outdoor building condos and such, to you I applaud you. How you go to work every day and have to use those things all the time. Like I, if I have to use one once a year, right. I, I cringe at the idea. But we've had like crane guys texting us to say they just have a bucket. Yeah. Well, yeah, they got a long way to go down. I, I mean, I guess you're alone up there with your own filth at That's, that point. To sit in that all day, that stink inside the. Right. I'd just, I'd just poop or pee out the side of the crane. Or maybe they dump the bucket. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I couldn't imagine. It's just, it's horrendous. And to have to use one every day, I, I don't know how you do it, especially in the dead of summer when it's hot. Ooh. And ripe. Yeah. Ripe. Anyhow, I asked this question because a woman dropped her Apple Watch into an outhouse. And she went in to retrieve it. Oh. She got stuck. No. In the muck. <laughs> stuck in the muck. What was her heart rate? <laughs> what, did the, what did the watch come back with on that? Steve Jobs sat up in his coffin and said, we got an emergency. What's wrong with you? Uh, so she started screaming, of course, and uh, cops arrived. They took the top of the toilet off, put a harness around her, a strap, and hoisted her out. She did get her phone. Oh, she watch. found it. Uh, was it. I don't even want to know. Was it sitting on top? And she thought she thought she could reach down and and just pick it. Uh, I would think. Or was she diving right in? I, I guess if she's got if she got stuck going in, then she was diving right in. Yeah, I'm no physics major, but I would think if the watch was at a certain height above the hole and she dropped it, 
First of all, how did she drop a watch? Isn't it attached on your wrist? I get a phone. Yeah. I know how people drop phones. Yeah, but it's all claustrophobic in there. Maybe she, she banged it on the side and it undid the watch. Mm-hmm. I don't, like your keys, I guess, would be another thing. Sure. I'd walk home. <laughs> I'd walk home. <laughs> I'd, I'd just walk. Just reprogram the car. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to say, again, no physics major, but I would think at the, the height of the watch and once it caught a little speed and fell in, I don't think it would have sat on top. I think it would have sunk a bit. That's probably why she had to go. Oof. Now, how deep is the average porta potty? Like how... I, I'm I'm proud to say I don't know, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> Very happy. I can't imagine they're that deep. No. I mean, uh, more than it's uh, like a, a foot or two, right? Because it's, sure. I mean, they sit on top of the ground and then you sit on that little, you know, bladder in there. Yeah. Bladder is a bad word for it. It's, yeah, I, I don't know. Anyhow, she, she got in there. She got stuck. They saved her. She saved her watch. Her gross, gross watch. Like I, I, I think I first would consider calling the company to find out whether or not when they clean these things, mm. if there's a, if there's a way that it could be retrieved in that. Well, I know uh, for a fact because I got involved one time in a little dirty jobs thing we were doing, where we'd go and do dir- dir- different dirty jobs, and uh, I had to hold the hose. The sucking hose. <laughs> and a, you feel a lot go through that thing. I don't know. I, I think even the porta potty company would say, no, you've, you've lost the watch. Like, oh. What is it? What does an Apple watch cost? A few hundred. Oh, a few hundred. That's it. That's yeah. all. Right. You can get that. And it's not like, it, like if it was your phone, that's different. It's got everything on there. Sure. The watch, like once you buy a new one, everything can just transfer right back over onto the new one. Again, back to the child being lost in the porta potty. I think I'd go back to the picnic table, and I wouldn't even say anything. I'd just ask if my hamburger is ready. <laughs> Leave it for someone else. And, and wait for somebody else to figure it out. Or, Next guy sits down, he feels something poking. Yeah. yeah. Or for your, our wives in the car ride home going, well, that was a nice picnic day. By the way, where's Billy? <laughs> Never mind. We'll make another one, babe. In this country, we have our four seasons we have our spring, summer, winter, and fall. And, and in Toronto and around the GTA, it seems like we have five seasons with construction season included am- amongst them right. as well. And in Ottawa, they have protest season. <laughs> it's, it's the newest thing. Uh, and we had uh, the uh, the Million March for Children, uh, not only in Ottawa, but uh, across the country. And, uh, you know, it's funny, when I, when I look back on... Um, education and uh, certainly sex ed in school it seems that and it was going it was happening before i got into high school so obviously it it's been around for a long time but it's always been a, a problem for many you know i re- i remember even when i was uh, you know in like elementary school and they were teaching how babies were made and you know, I don't know that we ever even got into safe sex or anything like that. I don't think there was any discussion of wearing condoms or it was all about a married couple. And, you know, this is it was all about the the actual physical way a child is is made. You know, the sperm. Stork the and the, uh, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> the stork. Um, but I, I think for a lot of parents, it, it was even, I remember a bit of a, pro, I don't think there was protest back then, but it was a. It was, I know there was some parents, I had friends whose parents were concerned that we were hearing things at too young of an age mm-hmm. and all of that. Um, 
and that, you know, this is really something that a, a parent should be teaching. The problem is so many parents don't. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting even growing up and, and you and I have had this conversation and you come from a family, uh, a doctor as a father. Right. I, I, I think you have said that you re- don't really remember having the sex talk with your parents. Mm-hmm. I did. I mean, I, my mom was very liberal and open uh, about all of that and wanted me and my sister to ask questions. We did it with our boys, but it wasn't a real sit down. We're going to have this conversation. It just organically happened when it happened. Right. But you, you cannot be uh, waving flags and banners saying parental control if you're not willing to have that conversation yourself, somebody has to have it with the kids because I think a lot of parents don't. And from when I was in school, and it was just about the physical act of making a baby, the world has evolved. You know, there is trans and gay, and they we're, we're all part of one big bubble. And so that should be taught to children, even on the level of not discriminating and treat everybody fairly and... Th- you know, there's going to be gay people in your life and there's going to be trans people and there's going to be men who want to be called by another pronoun and women the same. And it's a it's a, you know, as the pride flag shows, it's a lot of colors and a lot of things. Well, one of the colors that's in there is gray because mm-hmm. there's a lot of gray area in in all of this. And 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 for many who uh, who who will write markers on a sign and, and march their way down on either side of that protest for them, it's a very black and white issue, mm. but it, it, it's it's not so easy to describe it as that. I like you. I remember sex ed in, as part of gym class. Right. There's the health uh, element to it, and there was talk about safe sex. I don't remember protests during that time. No, uh, about you know whether or not kids should be uh, taught about sex that's not for procreation. Um, from the religious sectors of things. Oh, we both went to public school, though. Yeah. Right? So maybe had we been in Catholic schools, there would have been some of that. But uh, this isn't that yesterday's protests weren't divided by public or Catholic schools either. Right. Although much of the argument comes from a religious right uh, um, for the for the protests. Mm. Um, and and you know either side makes both sides make some valid points. In all of this, right? Like, um, you know, those who are there about gender ideology and uh, think the parents should have a right to know if their child is questioning their gender gender identity, which doesn't always happen mm. in all school boards. So some kids are allowed to change their pronouns without their parents knowing. Mm. Um, you know, part of your argument there is right. The parents probably should know already. Yeah, that shouldn't be a shock. <laughs> if, if your kid is making that change, it shouldn't come as a shock. To you, right? Um, you know the other uh, other side saying that you know the children have some rights too, and that you know the transgender youth shouldn't be uh, outed uh, by uh, to parents by by teachers in all of this. And th- there's just gray area, but a lot of it just comes from fury. Like we we really get uh, wrapped up and yeah. engaged. You know some of the signs out there, the protests were you know uh, were about freedom. Right. Well, you know, freedom is a word that's thrown around very often by people who only want freedoms for what they believe in. Right. right. Um, and it, and I find it very interesting that you can be up there marching uh, for freedom while you're trying to limit someone else's. Good point. Um, and, you know, 
Not to say that they're completely wrong in all of their arguments. There's gray area in the middle of that. Yeah. All right. It's going to take a lot to sort this all out. I've just never been one to want to put and hold up a sign. I've never been passionate about anything (laughs) enough, I guess, to go hold a sign and march for it. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I've had, uh, what do you call it? A job (laughs) to do. A family to raise. Right. Yeah, no, you're you're right. I I think, and it goes back to me saying about teaching stuff at home. If if, uh, all of a sudden you found out that your son, Mark, wants to be known as Michelle, well, you should have... You should have known that right. or seen that. But I don't even think part uh, some of, some of the element of those uh, protests yesterday wasn't about that. Mm. Some of it is just about fear, right? And and driving up that fear yeah. that uh, you know they're going to teach your kid about uh, some kid that's got two mommies or two daddies, and mm. that that scares the hell out of somebody. That that that's even possible. I don't want my kid hearing about that. But you're just you're covering your eyes at that point. Mm-hmm. You're I, just, Putting the wool over your own eyes, and if you don't want to have that conversation mm. uh, at home, it's going to come up at some point. Yep. And and part of it too is is the old nature versus nurture argument, which I thought we'd been through already. You know that uh, there are those in that march yesterday. I'm sure that believe that if if my kid hears about this, it might turn them. Yeah, and that's such an old, outdated. Okay, I I've shared this story with you. I think before. I had a, my dad had a cousin who was gay. And listen, he grew up in the 40s and 50s. So nobody knew about it. Or if they did, it was, you know, just a handful because it was all too embarrassing and too much to deal with. But we were going to a wedding in the 70s that this cousin was going to attend. And I was all of, I don't know, 12 or something. My mother took me aside. This is again, 1970s mentality took me aside and said, if you're in the bathroom when your dad's cousin George comes in, leave. Wow. The assumption was because he's gay, he's a pedophile. Right. And, and, but so we still seem, it's, 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 and those signs were there yesterday too, by the way. It's astonishing that we can still think this way for some. And I also, you know, you you speak of, of fear and this goes, I think this has also got a lot to do with just age. And uh, whiteness. And we have been down this road with all things that have changed to it. Christmas is the great example. How long have we heard the screaming about, I want my Christmas and I nobody's going to take my Christmas away from me. Nobody's going to take my Halloween. It's always this fear that somebody's taking something from you. Nobody's taking anything from you. You can lead your life as you wish. If you, if you, if you think you can shelter your son or daughter from all the outside elements of sexuality or or discrimination, then you're doing your kid no favor because eventually they've got to go out in the world and they're going to meet gay people and they're going to meet people from other cultures and religions. We It's a big melting pot. This is what we're supposed to be about. But there is this big, big fear that the brown man is taking over or the left is taking over. And we've got to stop this. And it's also very political based. Mm-hmm. It almost doesn't matter if if the topic seems left leaning and liberal to you, and you're right leaning. That's it. <laughs> it's wrong. That's, that's and what I right. mean. It's black and it's white. Yeah. But there's a lot of gray in there too. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's tough that. All these people, and we're so divided. It, it, it seems so strange. That whole thing about, you know, let's just all, 
That whole 60s just love one another probably okay. needs to be. Can't we all just get along? Can't we all just get along? <laughs> exactly. Can't we have a pint and just uh, agree to disagree? What do we got to have all the anger and hatred for? At the uh, Ven Ranch last night, very busy, Lucky, very busy, very busy making our house look like nobody lives there. We got people oh, coming in Oh, you got guests coming. Oh, it was a mad panic, the mad rush to really. And I, It's oh, almost I, like you're staging your home to be sold. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you're clearing you're clearing out furniture, making space, uh, like things that have been books that have been sitting on a coffee table for oh, yeah. years. Oh, yeah. Get put away. I, you know, it's funny with the staging. I remember when uh, when we sold our house in Brampton and and, and left uh, for Windsor, I, it was the first time I had ever heard about staging. This would have mm-hmm. been like 06. And the, the real estate agent said, listen, it's going to it's gonna really help sell the house and actually probably bring you more money. And so she said, we're just going to organize things. And I, I can't remember at the time if she explained to me that they were literally going to remove all of our crap and bring in their own yeah. stuff. But I remember coming home. And there was like a some sort of statue in the living room and a vase <laughs> and one little chair and all of our stuff gone. Yeah. And I was offended. <laughs> I mean, I know we don't have the best stuff. But uh, but funny enough, so when we were looking at homes in Windsor and staging wasn't a thing there, we'd go into houses with unflushed toilets and sinks full of dirty dishes. <laughs> Uh, it, it does work. It, it certainly does. Yeah. I mean, it, it's part of a massive cleanup mm-hmm. slash overhaul that needs to happen there. And you really, I mean, because by nature, we are really judgy. Mm. <laughs> and we walk into someone else's space and judge them oh, over things sure. that you see, like those dishes or, or cleanliness state of things. Yeah, I, I mean, I, my assumption when selling a house always was, well, why wouldn't we leave our stuff the way it is? Then they could see how their stuff would fit in. But right. uh, that's that doesn't seem to well, be Well, some the of case. it is about space, right? Because right. We are, we're comfortable with our massive oversized couches, but mm-hmm. they make the room look smaller. And so if you're trying to sell, you're trying to make it look like you're getting getting more for your buck, so you want some of that out of there. I think one of the new trends that's happening uh, that I've seen, uh, which is houses going up around me, is that people are basically moving out before the house is sold. Oh, really? Well, in terms of, the, the or, or encouraged to, because it used to be that you, you were going to list your house it was coming soon. You'd have an open house on Saturday and mm. uh, or the weekend. And uh, for a certain amount of hours, you had to be out. Everyone comes in. Well, that's not convenient for all the, uh, the buyers anymore. And even though all the pictures and everything is up online, they want to come when it's convenient to them. So, you know, you have to make the decision of do you want to... Uh, not touch anything in your home for the couple of weeks or or, or at least maybe a week or a few mm. days that it's up on the market uh, and allow people to come in whenever it's convenient to them. So you've got to basically hightail it out. We had that when we went to see our house. Yeah. It, it was outside of the times. People, they I remember the homeowner at one point, I think, was in their car across the street waiting while we were in there. Yeah, I think the, the three or four or five times that we've moved, uh, if our house was on the market for two or three weeks, you know, we went through that phase where, right, a house would go up for sale and it would be sold that day and over-asking and all that. But I think it's going back to more of that, 
it's on the market for a couple of weeks. And if on a Tuesday night your agent calls and says, I've got a family that wants to come and see it, yeah, you've got to book out of there. So yeah. for a couple of weeks, you got to live like nobody lives there. Exactly. But now I think some are being encouraged to say, hey, just go go to a hotel or go. Go oh, just leave the go, house completely. Leave, leave the house completely. So, wow. And I, I guess it depends on your situation. If you've got, like, you know, four pets and six kids, and yeah. it's going to be havoc in there. To, uh, to pick up and leave every couple of hours. If an agent said to me, why don't you go stay in a hotel for a week or so, I'd say, I, I would say, I hope the cost of the hotel is coming out of your commission. <laughs> that seems crazy to me. But yeah, we were doing the massive clean because we got family coming in. And what I realized is, and I said, and I got a little heated last night because between both of our kids in and out, coming and going, living with us for a while and then not living, and then leaving all sorts of trails of their existence behind. Right. And then with my father passing and all of his crap in our house that I didn't want to bring back to begin with, I literally was getting claustrophobic. <laughs> I, I, I said, I don't know that I can keep living like this. Like this, I might have to check into a hotel. Rock Mornings with, with Craig, Craig Venn and Lucky. Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.